Uh, this morning we have uh, a total of five people being baptized, three at this service and two at the 11 o'clock service. And in just a moment, you'll hear testimonies from them. I just want to remind you all of the command of our Lord Jesus that we are to make disciples of all nations, to baptize them in the name of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then we are to teach them everything that the Lord has commanded us so that there will be a cycle of discipling making that carries on. Uh, West Highland is about making disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have defined a disciple here as one who follows Jesus, is being changed by Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. Now that's a very simple def definition that Pastor Jamie gave to us, and I think it resonates in all of our hearts. And our joy as a local church is to see this happen in pe people's lives. Everything we do is all about making disciples of the Lord Jesus. And so as they follow Jesus, they want to identify with, with him. We pr place a lot of um, significance on the moment a person turns from darkness to light and embraces Christ as Savior and Lord, and so we should. But we need to understand that baptism is also that significant moment when an individual declares that they have turned from darkness to light. It is their way of publicly proclaiming to everyone that they are, they are a follower of the Lord Jesus. So I hope you will open your hearts now to the three who are going to share with us and pray for them as they are baptized today. Good morning, everyone. My name is Nicole Feenstra, and I'd like to take a few minutes this morning to share my testimony. I was born and raised in a Christian home and had the blessing of having my education take place in Christian schools, where I learned the importance of what it means to follow God and a strong knowledge of the Bible. And I accepted Christ into my life at the age of 10. But it was really only about a year and a half ago where I truly began to develop a personal relationship with God. You see, for much of my teen years and early 20s, I was really mad at God and asking him why I had to be born with a disability and be different from everyone else. And all I wanted to do was fit in and be normal, whatever that is. I still haven't figured it out. I went through the motions of giving the right answers in Bible class, going to youth group, to church, and even completing profession of faith in the church I attended at the time, but it felt as if I was on autopilot and my heart really wasn't overly invested. And that changed almost two years ago when I moved to Hamilton at the end of February 2020. I had the chance to start a new job and I was excited. But then, two weeks later, life turned a little upside down when we went into lockdown for the first time because not only did I have to get used to a new home, a new city, a new job, and find a church, but then there was all the extra anxiety and unknowns that came with COVID. And I found myself reaching out to God more because I realized I couldn't do it on my own anymore. I'd be lying if I said my relationship with him has been perfect since then, because it hasn't been. But he's been so gracious in calling me back to him I'd like to close with two verses that mean a lot to me from Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. 
If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hands will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I'm here today to confess that I love Jesus as my savior and want to be baptized today in following his commands. Thank you. Nicole, thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, I think all of us were very, very touched. Many of us have questions about God at times. We don't always understand his ways. And you are a living testimony, an example to us of someone who struggled with that truth, but has discovered real love in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you have testified of the Lord Jesus, we are so privileged to obey the Lord now in his command and to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Good morning, West Highland. My name is Nicole Booth. I was born in Windsor, and as an infant, I was baptized Roman Catholic. I grew up in a home where there was abuse, physical, verbal, mental, and never any discussion of God. When I was old enough to ask why I was baptized, to them it was simple. We are Catholic, and that's what we do. My parents divorced when I was seven, and as a child, I was glad to see them separate. When I was 11, we moved for the fourth time, and at my new school, I met a girl named Jen Oliver. We were fast friends, and she invited me to her Presbyterian church with her family on Sunday morning. I continued going with them for three years, every Sunday and Friday night youth group. I enjoyed learning about what God and his, and his word, still not yet understanding what it was, it was more than just learning about God, but later in life realizing I will have a relationship with God that would change my life forever. Unfortunately, our friendship went its separate ways and in high school I stopped attending church. Many years passed where solely depended on myself because I couldn't trust anyone, with an emptiness in my heart that I didn't understand. In 2003, I married and had two beautiful boys, Carter and Sawyer. Seven years later, we divorced. In 2012, I connected with Kyle, someone I had worked with for several years. Clearly in that time, I didn't know or understand that this was God's plan all along. While we were getting to know each other, he told me that his family was Christian. I was ignorant about the differences between Christian church denominations, so when I met his immediate family, there were some uncomfortable conversations about God because I didn't have that relationship formed with God yet. Kyle and I began to date, and after a short time, we found out that we were expecting. Sharing this news with his family was a very difficult thing to do, knowing their belief in the Lord and how disappointed he would be with us. Here was another failure in my life. I truly felt that God would never forgive any of my sins. We had our beautiful girl, Ireland, eight years ago today. And in 2015, Kyle and I were married. As my new extended family showed me what it was like to have a relationship with God, I was confused but curious about it. Four years ago, my sister-in-law, Kristen, invited all of us to attend West Highland Good Friday service. I distinctly remember the feeling I had that day. It was completely overwhelming in a good way. I remember crying when Pastor John was explaining about how Jesus had died for our sins and that we would be, we would be forgiven 
<clears throat> when we asked the Lord for forgiveness. I knew without a doubt that in that moment I would give my heart to the Lord and let him in fully. I had recognized this was his plan all along. In the last few weeks, my family and I have been going through some difficult times. What I know is that God in the last few years have been preparing me for this time in my life. It is an incredible feeling to know what God, that God is protecting myself and my family at this time. Our faith in the Lord at this time is stronger than it has ever been, and the peace he has given us is truly a gift I cannot understand. We have continued to come to West Highland and have learned so much that in that time through the abundant support of our church and extended family and the studies with my study buddies, my family Sarah and Aunt Louise, where I learned of God's forgiveness of my sins through Jesus. I am being baptized today to obey and please God. I know I am a child of God and that Jesus, my Savior, died for my sins. It is an incredible feeling building my relationship with God and the peace it brings me, knowing he will never leave me and forever protecting me. About eight weeks ago, I did a study on Psalm 27. I recognized that God had given me that Psalm to help me get through the last few weeks. I would like to share a few verses. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advanced against me and to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Through an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even when I, am, I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At the sacred tent I will sacrifice, sing with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Thank you. Nicole number two. <laughs> uh, it has been wonderful to see you come to the church first, of course, and then find Christ and grow in Christ. Your growth has been evident to all. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It's amazing how God has led you to this point in time. You can see the trail of his grace. And because that is so, Nicole, it is a joy for us now to obey the Lord's command and to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Today, in the presence of my family and friends, I choose to be baptized. My wife, family, Rose, daughter, Hannah, and I have been attending West Highland for four years now. I want to share with you all that Jesus is my Savior and Lord. I grew up in a Christian home with my father as a minister. I was baptized as an infant. At age nine, I remember saying the acceptance prayer of asking Jesus into my heart. At age 18, where I attended church at the time, with my family, I did professional faith saying yes to the commitment my parents made to me in my baptism. 
So then, just as you received Christ, Jesus as the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthening the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Colossians 2, verse 6 to 7. Christ is my anchor that keeps me rooted. When I met my wife, I was introduced to a different style of worship than what I was used to in the Reformed tradition. I was challenged and stretched during this period. There were many things I did not understand yet. Found helpful in my walk with the Lord during this time. We attended this church for a while. Eventually, we were led to United Church in Waterdown, which is where we were living at the time. We got Hannah dedicated at this church. It was after this church we were led to West Highland on the mountain as we moved to the area. Being that my wife and I were from two different church backgrounds, we came to the conclusion that West Highland is our home as it is in the middle for us theologically and stylistically. Over the course of being at West Highland, I have grown deeper in my walk with the Lord. I'm getting more mature and getting to know scripture better. My wife and I are part of a life group where we meet regularly and study the book of the Bible. I have also been discipled. Through these outlets, I have really grown in my spiritual walk with the Lord. My spiritual journey has led me to asking questions, yet at the same time, I continue to grow. Even through the midst of it all, I keep on striving and moving forward rather than looking back. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3 verse 14. I need a savior. John 3 verse 3 states that unless we are born again by the Spirit of God, we will never see the kingdom. I want to be raised with Christ in new life. We are dead in our sins before Christ raised us to spiritual life. Ephesians 2 verse 1. I want to be a disciple of Jesus, following him, changing with him, and following his mission. Thank you. So, Nicole number three. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Jared, we're so proud of you today. And what a privilege for me to be here in the water with you, with Pastor John, because I've had a couple years of discipleship with you and you with me. And uh, what a journey of faith as we've talked about this uh, periodically over those couple years. And of course, you came to your own decision and we're proud of you for that. I also know in talking with you that one of your favorite songs is In Christ Alone by mm -hmm. Keith Getty. Just thinking about that first verse, in Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. And we know you're a musician. Mm -hmm. and so it's our prayer today that as you take this step of obedience and faith and recognizing your presence in front of our congregation that, that he would always be your song okay. and that the Lord would use you in mighty ways in the future. So because of your faith and because you have declared your faith in Christ, we, it's a privilege to baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Good morning, my name is Alexandra, um, and I did not grow up in a Christian or religious home, but as I got older, my curiosity for God and who he is grew, and I wanted to know him. When I was in grade nine, I met my best friend who shared the gospel with me and told me all about her faith. She invited me to youth group and church with her and her family, and I slowly grew in understanding of who Jesus is and what he did for us. Romans 3, 23 to 24 tells us, 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. At the end of 2018, my eyes were open to this truth and I realized truly how good God is. I believed in Jesus and he has transformed my life, filling me with joy and giving me an unchanging hope that is far beyond anything of this world. Today, I'm being baptized to show my commitment to Christ and my desire to live in obedience to God in every way. My prayer is that all of you would come to know who God is and the abundant love and mercy he offers to us through Christ. Well, thank you, Alexandra, for sharing with us. Um, I don't think I've known you more than a year now, but when you first came and I met you, uh, you just bubbled over with the joy of the Lord Jesus, and we discovered that we had some mutual friends up in Aurelia. We're so glad the Lord has led you here, has touched you by his grace, and because you have testified of the Lord Jesus that he is your Savior and Lord, it is our joy now to obey his command and baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hi, church family and everyone watching. Um, my name is Mark, and uh, I wanted to share just briefly my testimony with you today. Um, God blessed me with a mother who was faithful, obedient, and true to his word. Uh, at an early age, my mom would share Jesus with me through the scriptures. And although I didn't comprehend everything, I was watching her, and I saw her love for Christ both in word and in action in her reading and her prayer life. I saw how crucial Christ is to everything. I was around the age of six years old when Christ redeemed me. At this young age, I do recall knowing that I was afraid of hell and not being with God, but also that I could never be good enough to be in eternity with him. Jesus had entered my heart and began his work in me. Looking back at this now, it is evident that this could only be by his grace and the work of the Holy Spirit. Six-year-old kids don't typically think about these things. Growing up with my association with Jesus in school and work were some of the hardest times. After sharing my faith a few times, the responses I would get, I became fearful to share my faith in Christ with others and felt ashamed of it. I would remain silent when I shouldn't have. These struggles led to backsliding, anxiety, loneliness and depression. I would even feel out of place within the church. I felt so ashamed and guilty that I had not nurtured what Christ gave me, my relationship with him. Why would he save me and not someone else? I am so blessed to know the truth. How could I remain silent? A verse that was constantly brought to my attention in my adolescent years was Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. <clears throat> God used these words to convict me and to comfort me. I had let sin and a lack of discernment separate me from God and allowed guilt to keep me from coming to him. I realized that even though I had let go of Christ hundreds of times over, it was him who had a firm grip on me. He was there always and wanted my attention. I am forgiven and have repented now constantly chasing after Christ. I've desired to be baptized for a long time and today I'm fulfilling this obedience to God as a proclamation of my faith in Jesus Christ 
and as an act of following him. My hope is that every aspect of my life acts as a beacon towards Christ. A verse that really sticks in my heart now comes from Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It is my prayer that what I proclaim today would encourage my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to stand firm in their faith and in the face of opposition, being diligent in God's word so that they will know him and their, and their love for him would deepen. Thank you. Well, Mark, I have had also the pleasure to know you for less than a year, but I see in you a young man that loves the Lord. I see in you a man that is discerning, that's wise, a man that seeks after God, that reads his word, that loves his word, and loves the Lord. And based on the profession, your testimony here publicly made before all the people, it's a privilege and an honor to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Before we share in communion with each other, I just want to share a few thoughts with you uh, from one verse in the Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, where the Apostle Paul says this. He writes, this is a trustworthy saying, a trustworthy saying. In other words, he's saying, you don't need to doubt what's being said. Here's a, here's a saying, here's a statement that you can take to the bank. It's true. Here is a trustworthy saying. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There it is. I don't know if you've noticed today, but in, in each of the songs we've been singing, we, we've basically sung the whole life of Jesus. We've been singing about how he came into the world, why he came into the world, what he did when he came into the world, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again from the dead. This last song we just sang, the, the lyrics are beautiful. Now he's seated in the highest heaven. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That means he came for you. It means he came for me. He came for those of us who are sinners, and we're all sinners. Alexandra pointed that out to us in her, her, tes her testimony this morning when she read from Romans chapter 3, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you can picture in your mind that the glory of God is way up here and we're way down here, and no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you, you, can't, you can't get there. You can't touch God. You, you can't reach God. You can't get to the glory of God. You cannot be like God, who is absolutely holy and glorious. We've all fallen short, fallen short. But Christ came into the world to save us because we cannot save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We need an intervention. We need divine intervention. We need God's intervention. And God gave that intervention 2,000 years ago when he sent Jesus into the world. I just want to underscore that truth for us today because 
Sometimes in Advent season, we get, we get all caught up with the, the Christmas story, and so we should, but we, we miss what the real message of the Christmas story is. We, you know, we talk about the shepherds, and we sing about the angels, and, and we think of the magi who came from the east, and we think of Herod the Great, and, and what he tried to do to the Christ child. We think of Caesar Augustus issuing a decree that the whole Roman world should be taxed, which ultimately then brought Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem, we think of the birth of Jesus, we think of Simeon taking Jesus in his arms, we, we think of all these things, all these characters and various events that surround this Christmas story, and then we can miss the real significance as to why he actually came. He came into this world to save sinners. Now Paul goes on in that verse, and he then refers to himself. He says, here's a trustworthy saying, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and then he adds, and I'm the worst, and I'm the worst. And then he says that God showed mercy to him. He says, I was shown mercy. What I want you to understand through what I'm saying today is this, that this objective truth that Christ died for our sins to save sinners This is an unalterable truth. It cannot be changed. It lasts forever. But you can can accept that truth with your mind. You can accept it as historical fact, but that doesn't mean that it's got into you. That, that, That doesn't mean that you've been touched by God's grace. That doesn't mean that you're saved just because you would acknowledge it. In other words, Paul, when he thought of Christ and what Christ did, he also thought of his experience with Jesus. You see, as we come to the Lord's table now, we will eat bread and we will drink from a cup. The bread uh, represents the, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and the cup represents the blood that he shed on the cross for us. And that's, that's the truth, but, but you have to have an experience with Jesus. You have to know this mercy. You have to know this grace. And so if you are like Alexandra and Mark who were baptized today, and you could say like them, I have a story too. I have a testimony too. I can testify that Jesus Christ met me and saved me, and I too was shown mercy, and I too believed personally in that truth that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If you can say that, then, then this, this, this table is for you today. doesn't matter if you go to our church or not. You may just be visiting here, but if you really, truly can say, I was shown mercy by Jesus Christ, and, and you have a story to tell, then you are, you are welcome to eat of this bread and to drink of this cup with all of us here together today. If you've never had that experience, we trust that it will happen. My prayer is that it would happen. We're, we're here as a church to help you find the Lord. It would be a wonderful joy for me after worship. If you would like to talk, I would count it a great joy to be able to share with you how you can have this testimony for yourself as well. But I would encourage you, if it has not yet happened, that you just simply observe what is about to happen now and, and think about the significance of what we're actually doing here. At this point in time, I just want to lead us in prayer. And uh, let's bow our heads in prayer. And when I'm finished praying, then I will explain to you how we will share communion this morning. Lord Jesus, we are truly grateful to you 
that you came into this world to save us. We thank you so very, very much that you gave yourself as a substitute for us, that you are the sacrifice. You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We thank you so much for the work of your Spirit in our hearts, that work of grace that helped us to understand what you have done for us and opened our eyes to the truth. We thank you for your gracious work of forgiving us for our sins because you shed your blood for us. And today, Lord, every one of us in this room, whether we want to or not, we have to acknowledge that we are sinners, that we have fallen short of your glory. And for the majority of us here, Lord, we have responded to your love and grace and we have embraced you because we recognize that in you is eternal life. In you is the forgiveness of sins. And so, Lord, we just want to give, express to you as we eat and drink today, we want to express to you our thanks for dying for us. We acknowledge that we have all sinned. And, Lord, we would bring to you again our sinful state, and we would embrace you again today, acknowledging that you hold us in your hands, that no one is able to pluck us out of the Father's hands that we are in, the, in you and, and held by the hand of the Father and the hand of the Son, and we are secure forever, and we thank you for that. And so, Lord, as we eat the bread and drink the cup today, we, we pray that you would presence yourself with us and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit make again uh, anew to us in our thinking and in our hearts how wonderful is this great thing that you have done for us. We express our love to you and we thank you that we can meet you here at this table and feed upon you, Lord Jesus, the bread of life. Amen.